0: Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow,
1: and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone
0: find a car they love. And discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Happy Friday and happy Valentine's Day weekend. We don't normally talk about that. It's not really like a milestone on this podcast. We
1: don't acknowledge holidays necessarily. We don't
0: typically at all except for like Christmas when we actually take a break. Break. But short of that, we don't typically go, hey, it's Flag Day. But (laughs) the reason this is is valid is because we are having a guest in studio, which doesn't happen very often. My wife is here. Her name (laughs) is Kate. She is here. It's going to be great. But we do have to do kind of general business, but we're here. Happy Friday again. And uh, by the way, if you haven't noticed already, Season 8 is on Amazon Prime. Everything I interact with, with Amazon, to put our stuff on Amazon Prime, they refer to themselves as Amazon Prime. Unfortunately, then when Amazon Prime has things you can watch for free with your Amazon Prime membership, it's listed as Prime. Indeed. So when I say our stuff is on Amazon Prime, I mean the video service. Some of it, the older stuff is also listed as Prime. Stay with me now, meaning it's free with your Amazon Prime subscription. Mm-hmm. Others of the stuff, like any any brand-new movie or brand-new TV show that drops on Amazon, that is not owned by Amazon, we are like that, you have to pay a little extra for the brand-new new release stuff. Our latest two seasons typically have an extra charge. I'm sorry if that's an issue. I understand if that's an issue. We would appreciate your support if it's not an issue. Eventually, they time out and they become Free on Prime. I'm trying to be clear here. <laughs> no, you're The first your six yes. seasons are there. Free on Prime. Season seven will time out here in a little bit. Season eight just showed up on Amazon Prime Video, so it still right. has an extra charge. Thank you to the many of you, many of you who have already sent us emails saying you've watched it on Prime already. That is great. Thank you. And we did something we don't normally do. We took one of those episodes and already put it on YouTube. It's been on Amazon a week. Yes, but that's yes. because the Mazda 3 versus Golf R is very pertinent right now with a new Golf R coming, which will make it irrelevant. So we were like, that should come out now.
1: Right, exactly. Well, so this is the first season that we've ever had that is simultaneously streaming and also still playing on the Motor Trend cable channel. Mm-hmm. So all six new episodes have played. Those are available. One, as Todd said, is on YouTube, but the Repeat episode is the repeat of last season's race school. Mm-hmm. Todd and I were guests of Sports Car Club of America, San Francisco region. So, another big thanks to those guys there. They had us there in Spec Racer Fords on the track in Thunder Hill in Willows, California. Mm-hmm. And that is a repeat episode airing Saturday, February 13th, 2021. At 7:30 Eastern on the Motor Trend Cable Channel, and then everything will repeat on Motor Trend Cable Channel after that. And a quick note: many of you have seen in Todd and Kate's latest Instagram posting that hats are available. They're mm-hmm. not those hats that mm-hmm. they're wearing, but we've got another, actually, I think, cooler snapback embroidered hat available on Blipshift. So in go black. to it's very cool the store Everyday driver store tab, and then you can choose. You can go to Amazon or you can mm-hmm. go to Blipshift and find mm-hmm. the hats right there. We're hoping they sell out. We can do another run.
0: They are limited edition. So if you want one, you need to go quickly because there's – I think there's only like 50 or 60 or something like that. They're going to go fast. So thank you for your interest on hats. They are available again. The jackets are still available through the Amazon part of our store. Yes. As is my novel and all the TV seasons. And if you don't get our TV seasons on Amazon, I will also say this. They are available via Vimeo. You can get to them that way as well. So it's all out there. We love that. Uh, This is a very – you know, remember when we were growing up – and it was only network television, and they would say, Tonight, on a very special episode of whatever, like Blossom or something stupid. This is oh tonight. I can't believe
1: it. we both oh <laughs> went to Blossom.
0: T- tonight, this is a Unreal. very special episode because my wife, Kate, who is long suffering with me, we-, we always had jokes at milestones of our marriage. When our marriage became 16, we were like, Our, our marriage is old enough to drive. Oh, my God. Our marriage is old enough to drink, and then some. So, uh, Congratulations, she's here. you two. Yeah, she's here, and she is answering. Here's the great thing. This has been a discussion you and I've had before Mm -hmm. of just getting discussions on the podcast that are friendly to those of you who listen tangentially. You listen because the car (laughs) obsessed person in your life has listened to this podcast and you kind of tune in and tune out and there's questions you don't really want to ask. So we're going to have all those questions.
1: When your car needs new brakes, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance from
0: something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are all bolt on, direct fit parts for better braking, no modifications required. Every PowerStop complete
1: brake kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes, including pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested
0: extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need brakes or you simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use Car Finder. We even found great kits for our SUVs and our cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com.
1: I'm just excited to have you on, so thanks for being game. And I'd just like to start out by putting you on the spot and just asking you to remind the audience what car you learned to drive in. What was the driver's ed car that you...
0: I've got something stuck in my throat. throat)
1: What was the car, actually? What was the make? Porsche 911.
0: Uh Uh-huh. When we did our 50 years of 9/11 feature film, uh, my wife kept reminding us that she had driven a 9/11 <laughs> long before either one of us had.
1: Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. we cured that. You did. You did. Yeah. Well, you've got yeah, questions. Uh, thank you guys for bringing in the questions. Tons of them. you it's have great truly stuff. outdone great yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. even more. So, Kate, I'll, I'll the floor is best. yours. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. So let's just dive in. I had a great time reading through these questions. Um, <laughs>
0: there was laughter ringing through the house today. There were questions were coming up, and I just hear you laughing in the other room. It was we'll, great.
2: We'll start with some serious ones, and then we'll we'll pepper it with a little bit of fun. But uh, anyway, so we've got this first question is from Justin Inman, and on behalf of his wife Emily, wants to know why isn't it ever enough? <laughs>
0: We got a lot of questions along these lines. <laughs> you yeah.
2: do, you do. Uh, after spending ye- uh, years obsessing about a car and finally getting the car you want, why do you feel the need to modify it, tinker with it, change it, and then move on to the next car as soon as it seems to be like just right?
0: Well, but but isn't this isn't this common though? I mean, my, my point is, don't we all on either side? of a relationship. Don't we all have a thing that we just keep going back to and keep spending money on? Is it clothing, is it shoes, is it watches, is it, you know, I, I don't know anybody like that. Uh, of course you don't. Yeah. I, but I but I think that's that's a common thing. You go, "Oh, I just really want well, but this pair of shoes." You,
2: but you change clothes every day. Everybody changes clothes. Yes. You don't wear the same outfit. You drive the same car or one
0: of one of the mini press cars in the drive. Right. Yeah. You drive <laughs> Yeah.
2: It's close to the same car. You don't have – you may have, you know, 10 shirts. You don't have 10 cars.
0: True. I mean, typically you don't. That's true unless you end up with a garage and a lot of money and then you're Jay Leno. And then, But, but here's the crazy thing. Sorry, but, side note. Jay Leno has all the money in the world, all the space in the world, so he has a ton of cars and only wears one thing. How did that happen? He has one outfit I'm, and like 400 I'm cars. I'm still not
1: sure about that one. I I, I Anyway, yeah.
0: That that's a side note. The The thing is, though, that with a love for cars – there's, there's a huge swath of opportunity for the kind of cars you could drive, own, live with. And even the thing that Paul and I get to do where we get to drive lots of things, that's still different than the layer of actually living with it. So if you buy a car and you think this is the this is an awesome car, I love this car, it's a great car, and then you make it even more your car, it didn't take away the fact that that car over there is really cool, and I wonder what that's like to live with.
2: No, oh, I know, but I think the question here is why is it that as soon as you get that car to just like you wanted it, you go, eh, I'm bored, and you sell it
0: it's called the car disease <laughs> we're all just obsessed and 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 there's more opportunity out there to drive something else i mean we talk a lot about tuning out of class on this podcast which is you bought a car for 20 grand and you spent 20 grand worth of stuff tuning it you could have bought a nicer car at 40 that could be argued, so the tuning thing is a rabbit hole for cash, but i I think people end up spending you, you like woodworking. Why are you making another thing? Why do you need another one of those fancy drill bits? I mean it, whatever it is, you have your thing where you just keep pouring money at it because if I just had this, my dad was into trains forever
1: that's right
0: i I, I never really understood it, but into trains you forever me about that. you would think I have an engine, I have a bunch of cars to pull. Why do I need another engine? Why do I need another car that does that? Because that's the hole down which he throws his money.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> this is where my wife, I just saw the eye roll. You, did, you, you may have even heard the eye roll. If you listen close, listen back. You'll hear the eye roll as she goes on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there was, I may find it. Here. There was one question in here about, oh yeah. How long do you actually listen to card discussions between Todd and Paul before you start dreaming of something completely different all the while smiling?
0: <laughs> Daily? This, this happens at dinner. Uh uh-huh.
2: it usually happens at dinner and uh usually I tell them they have 15 minutes after which if they keep talking about cars then then the show has to buy dinner.
0: <laughs> and, and honestly, having said that, when we all go out to dinner for fun, there have been dinners when all of a sudden the show's now buying dinner. Uh-huh. That has uh-huh. definitely happened. It happens. Yeah. I go,
2: okay, well, you kept going, so here's what we're doing. <laughs>
0: we get mothered. We collectively get mothered. It's not just my son. It's all of us. Yeah, now the show's buying dinner.
1: I'm just laughing.
2: I'm just laughing. Okay, so here's a good one. Jamie Bonfiglio. I know the answer to this, but my wife wants to know if Todd is obsessed with whether his sports car has enough cup holders and room for golf clubs. This seems to be a criteria for my Miata.
0: Oh, well, hang on. I drive a Lotus Elise. <laughs> they, they offered a cup holder. Have you ever seen the cup holder at a Lotus Elise? It is the flimsiest, most ridiculous thing you've ever seen, and it might hold a water bottle if it's only half full.
2: Isn't it one of those that like goes into like the, we're in the wind. Well, no, it's it's not the fantastic
0: like, 70s one that we had yeah. as a family when I was yeah. growing up. It's not those, mm-hmm. but it does fit a little track, but it slides back and forth on the track. and can come out. It has a little, at least it's leather, has a little leather strap on the underside to hold the underside. It's literally built around a small water bottle <laughs> and it's, it's the lamest thing ever. There are no cup holders yeah. in the Lotus no. Elise of any consequence.
2: So Jamie, I will answer this question for you. Todd doesn't play golf, so there's no need to fit golf clubs in the Lotus he doesn't care about cup holders, as he said. However, what Todd has always said about the Lotus or any sports car he's had is, yeah, let's just pack an overnight bag and throw it in the trunk, and you and I will take a couple days and drive somewhere. Mm-hmm. But after 23 years of marriage, I still don't think you understand what my overnight bag actually looks like. That is fair. I don't think you understand how much stuff it takes for just one night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're, you're Don't not, look at me. You're not packing a, what one little outfit and, and, no, and yeah. The, I it, take your it's point. It's
2: not even about the clothes. Or, I know oh, stuff much, has to go. Ladies, right?
0: Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So. I will also say that there's absolutely nothing wrong if you're a golf player and you're concerned about where your golf clubs go. That's great. Your sports car doesn't have to do it. Go to the golf course. In anything else, we had our Golf Cars episode recently as part of Season 8. We had the uh, C8 Corvette and the LC500 convertible, and we talked about cars for golf. And I really think, let your sports car be a sports car. And so if it doesn't carry golf clubs, okay, we'll go to the golf course and something else. Enjoy your Miata.
2: Okay, so Rachel would like to know, what makes Griots so Special. And why are there so many bottles? And why are they so expensive? Totally hear
0: you, Rachel. We we, we love Grio's products. I have some. Paul has, I think, all of them. But but <laughs> no, but here is I have a lot. You, you have Not a, you, all. You, you open the you open the drawer. And it's like that's like a whole cabinet dedicated to Grio's your garage. Granted, your cars hold up to that. True, you yeah. know that's yeah. for sure reflects that. But but I would say this honestly, it Rachel. Here is the thing about that. It is like. Different kinds of skincare products.
1: Oh, that's good. I like this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All the skincare products are going on the same surface,
2: and they're all <laughs> yes. doing something
0: slightly different. I would agree. Okay, so yeah. the Griot's pro- and look, I get by with some Griot's products, and my cars look okay. Paul has all of them, and his cars look great. But the, so the thing is, you're buying these specialized products to do a specialized thing. You have a different product for if you want to think about it, the rubber seals on your car and the rubber and vinyl sections of your car. than you do the leather sections of the car. Think about, I have dry skin here and I have uh, oily skin over here. You've got different products for those kind it's like of things. Glass and rubber and exactly. Paint and- so this sure. is why there are dedicated bottles for dedicated things, and because the products are actually built by GRIOS, they have their own chemists. There's a lot of car care products that actually
2: they have their own chemists. They have their own chemists.
0: A lot of care care pro- car care products actually just rebottle other people's stuff, kind of behind the scenes. It's a big hush hush thing. GRIOS makes their own stuff.
2: You just outed them.
0: I did. I just outed them. Uh, but GRIOS makes their own stuff, which is very cool. But of course, that takes money and time, and it ends up, you know, costing like liquid gold. But it's awesome. It's great stuff.
2: Okay. Uh, Sarah, she would like to know what a turbo is and why so many cars seem to have it today.
0: A turbo looks like and kind of works like a hairdryer. What? If you want to see it. Honestly, if you think about what a hairdryer looks like, it has the handle and then it has the big circle in the middle and then it has the nozzle that shoots air. Think of it as air going in and out, out of both the handle and the nozzle. Here's what it does. You're looking at me. You're already lost. I'm going I'm I'm to land this plane, I swear. doesn't go in the handle. It doesn't, but I'm saying imagine if it does. It lo- looks like a hairdryer, okay? Just go with that visual for me. An engine is a breathing machine. Okay. If you think about swimmers, runners, people that are better at those things is because they can breathe better. They can get more oxygen in. They can oxygenate the body better, okay? An engine is a breathing machine. The more air it gets, the more fuel you can give it, and the more power it can have. So, what a turbo does is it sucks in air. It takes in air on the normal intake. Every every car on the planet has an intake. Gets air into it to to burn with the fuel. Okay. okay? To make that explosion. If you can get more air in, you can give it more fuel. What a turbo does is it sucks in air, and then it spins. If you want to think about it as the hairdryer, it spins the, the middle of the hairdryer to blow now even more air faster into the engine. It compresses air and pushes more into the engine. That allows the computer of the car with fuel injection to give more fuel. Now you have more air and more fuel in a small engine, and it creates much more power than if it did not have a turbo on it.
2: So do turbos use more gas?
0: This is the great bait and switch. A turbo car, turbos have a volume about them. All turbos are different sizes. Once a turbo spins up to full power, those engines burn about as much as a, let's say you have a 300 horsepower four-cylinder with a turbo. That's going to burn about as much gas with the turbo running as a 300-horsepower V6 without a turbo. But what the trick is with a turbo engine, if you have a little tiny 2-liter motor, little tiny 4-cylinder, and you aren't running fast enough to have the turbo spooling, it can be really efficient. So they can be more efficient, but ultimately what you're doing is you're burning air and fuel, and you're going to burn almost as much fuel if you're hooning, driving really fast with your turbo as you would be if you were driving a V6 at the same amount.
2: Okay, so then I'm going to throw in an extra question, okay. and that is: tell me the difference now between that and naturally aspirated.
0: Naturally aspirated means no turbo. It means that the amount of air that's and I'll relate it to altitude. Here we live in Park City. The altitude, amount of air, air
2: dryers. What's next? Face cream. Possible. We already covered, We already covered what face cream. Gonna We're going to get
0: there. So <laughs> the amount of air that comes into an engine is whatever the air pressure and volume is at sea level. If you live at sea level. But if you live where we do at Park City at nearly 7,000 feet, we have less air volume. So there's now less air coming in. The engine can only absorb the amount of air that is naturally existing. So a turbo can now increase that air, which is why turbo engines at altitude are helpful. And the other part of the question was why are there so many? Because people are trying to reach tax areas. The two-liter engine is a big thing for taxes worldwide. You can make a tiny engine that avoids extra taxes for engine size really powerful by adding a turbo.
2: Okay. Getting off the car subject for just a second.
0: This is a car podcast. I
2: know that. Okay. But I'm in charge of the question. Yes, you are. That's true. That's true. We did give you that power. That's (laughs) very true. (laughs) Ted Adam Green, he says that his wife wants to know. If, uh, I like Todd's hair long or if I merely tolerate it. <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Thanks Ted. And your wife. Thanks for, for walking
2: in here. I've
1: heard this. Please no, extrapolate. I will. Please expound.
2: So actually when I met Todd, his hair was longer than mine. Um, and it was when we got married, it was yeah. for a long time. Um, I actually, that's kind of one of my things guys with long hair has been so, I don't know if I would have dated him if he had had short hair. So I like the long (laughs) hair. Uh, And it's actually really short, you know, right
0: now compared to what it used to be. I wear it much shorter than I used to. I used to have it down Um, between my shoulder blades. I look like the drummer for a garage band. I did. did. I really did. did. Yeah.
2: All right. Adam. Adam wants to know how many pairs of shoes will fit inside of a Mazda CX-5.
0: Gosh, I don't know.
2: Not enough. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. Well, that's the answer. Not enough. That's the answer. And
2: how high are the heels, Adam. Are we talking, you know, there's there's so many but <laughs> you have you
0: have s- follow-up there's questions?
2: So many types of shoes. You have to get more specific than that, but not enough. It would be my answer. All right. Clay Hoffman. All right. His significant other has three questions. Okay. They're all a little bit different, so we're just going to take them one at a time. Let's do it. Why do people buy fast cars if all they ever do is drive them on normal roads? They never go as fast as the car was made to go.
0: Well, there's two ways to look at that. The average car, like growing up, you and I were very guilty of this, Paul. Growing up, you walk up to a a sports car and you go, what's the speedometer say? Uh, ah, yeah, the true. speedometer says 160, must go 160. No, it doesn't. It probably goes about 130 or 140, but you just look at the gauge and go, ah, oh, wow. If you live outside of Germany, you're probably never going to see the upper level of what your car can do because Germany has D-restricted. That's not the letter D in the word restricted. That means lack of restriction. The
1: Malaysia De- era was the mid-'80s cars with the, the horizontal yes, speedometer that only went, to went up to 85. And were like, such a letdown.
0: 85? Such a letdown. <laughs> well, that's You just
2: had this conversation with our son. The other day, I had
0: I had my Caprice Classic <laughs> up the, with the needle pegged more than once in my early years. It goes past eighty five. It, it, it just pegged down Who at eighty five. It Was like I know we're still accelerating, I but it's probably it probably got to there. ninety. Possibly it stuck there forever. Possibly it, for the betterment of the car. There is the top speed element, and I agree. There, there's there's a question about top speed where is it relevant? I think for the average person, it isn't. However, powerful fast cars are also fun in acceleration. You're leaving a light. You're entering an on-ramp. Sports cars that typically, not always, typically have very high top speeds also have very fast low speeds. And that is something you can use and that is something you can enjoy. You're sitting in a light. You're using an on-ramp. You have a stretch of road where you can suddenly pass somebody because you're going 50 behind an 18-wheeler and you can suddenly go 80 and pass three people and you can do it instantly. That is fun and it is usable. It's just not something where you're going to find 160 out of your car.
2: All right. So – why do people like manual cars when they make automatics?
0: Okay. All right. This is, this is a question about what level of engagement would you like? And everybody's different. Right. But what are the right. things in your life that you enjoy that you want to actually do? Some people – I'm going really extreme here. Some people like to make their own ice cream. Have you ever been in with anybody that made their own ice cream? It is involved. It takes forever. Why are we making our own ice cream? You want to make your own coffee. Couldn't you drive through Starbucks? You could. You could in many places in life there are things where you can just go get something already done for you or you like the engagement of doing it yourself a manual transmission is this is going to sound weird it's chair dancing excuse me i know i know follow me a manual transmission requires you to drive with all four limbs and you don't have to do that in an automatic so there's there's a nice engagement you're actually doing a cadence you have a I feel like a better way to put it. You have a dance going on in the car that is fun. And it's one of those things like skiing or skating or anything you can think of that is balance-based. When you get it right, Mm -hmm. your inner ear, your body tells you you got it right, and it's satisfying.
2: Right. No, I agree. I I enjoy driving manual. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really enjoy, except for when we were in L.A., I Mm -hmm. think being in traffic and being in a Mm -hmm. manual is... Not fun.
0: Yeah, that's pretty healthy. But
2: uh, but yeah, it is it is definitely more. You feel more connected to the car, I think.
0: But but I understand that many people don't want that. They want the car to be sure. easy. Yeah. But if you're driving a engaging, fun sports car, that adds to that fun.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I wouldn't want to do it in a truck, but it's nice in a smaller, lighter sports car. I agree. And then why? Do cars have spoilers? Do they actually do anything, or are they just there for style?
0: If you bought the last generation Corolla S, it came with a spoiler. That did nothing. The 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 origin of these, the origin of spoilers is F1. Lotus, Colin Chapman was a big pioneer in this, but others as well. It's aerodynamics. The idea is that it is pushing airflow against the car. It is pushing the car down onto the earth with wings and spoilers to keep the grip in existence. The joke is that an F1 car creates so much downforce. It's what it's called that it can drive upside down. Nobody's ever done this, but this is the joke because it's creating that much downforce. So the actual origin of it is for race cars to push their lightweight into the pavement to keep their grip. However, the average car that you buy with a spoiler is doing nothing because the amount of speed you would have to gain for that spoiler to now be actually be creating downforce is a level of speed you're probably not going to achieve on public roads. The flip side is if you ever see a car that is front-wheel drive with a spoiler on the rear, that is now pushing, if it ever gets fast enough, the back of the car down and raising the front where the drive wheels are. So most of the time, this is entirely styling.
2: Well, and Paul, doesn't your Cayman have a... Doesn't it go up and down?
1: It does. Based yes. Based
2: on what speed error.
1: Yes. It's set for speed, but it will do it for downforce and in lower speed, like track situations, you want downforce, but for high speed running, you don't want the spoiler. Actually, it's causes mm. drag. Huh?
2: Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So Rich, Rich wants to know, how do you explain the expenditure of your time, money and effort to your non car friends? It seems impossible not to make it sound like your husband should be committed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but but hang on. We've talked about this before, though. The person you're talking to that looks at you like an idiot for spending so much money on your car, if you know and you may not know, what's the hole they throw their money down? Right. Because if you if you go golfing every weekend, heck, if you go skiing every weekend, this is an expensive pastime.
2: So we're throwing money into skiing and cars. We
0: are. Yes. Yeah, so sorry. Sorry about that. Right. But 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 the how thing many is,
2: holes are there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> many. Many and they're all growing. But you know, some some people have a private pilot's license, also a wildly expensive hobby. But most of us, I feel like, if we have any kind of extra cash, we put it toward a thing we love to do that we get satisfaction out of. And my joke on the podcast before has been collecting random figurines. People do that. I walk into their house and go, really, really? But I can't really say that because I do this with cars. So you have the things that you feel like I have to only spend this much, and maybe that is cars for you. But I'm willing to spend a ton to own a boat or have an RV or go on lots of vacations. We all have that thing we spend money on that others look at and go, you're doing that? Really?
2: Yeah. How's that watch collection going?
0: It's going just fine. Thank you.
2: (laughs) All right, so we have several questions kind of in this area. S. Mulhern and Brian, their wives want to know why men talk about cars, photograph cars, look at cars, lust after cars as if they are women.
0: (laughs) Wow. Um, um, And by the
2: way, Brian... He blames you too for this problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well,
0: you know we're all we're all friends here, Brian. We're, sorry, we're...
2: Brian's wife blames you. Yes, for this uh, problem. understandable.
0: Brian. And Brian's wife, I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, Shane's wife, I'm sorry Megan. again. Yeah, okay. Uh, hmm. This is lots of landmines. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna spread out this question and say it this way. Whoever you are attracted to, because we have lots of significant others out there. Yes, it's very possible that people look at cars in a similar way. Cars are simultaneously – and you've talked about this before, Paul. Cars are simultaneously art and also experience. Indeed, yes. They are both. A typical piece of just artwork, you're just looking. There's never an interaction with it. People you are attracted to, you can look at them because you're attracted to them. You can also interact with them. You may not be allowed to, but you could theoretically, Okay. Paul's Paul's just shaking his head at me. That's fine. So cars are that same thing. You can be attracted to the shape of a car, but then theoretically, you can interact with the car. You can drive the car. You can enjoy what the car is capable of. And I think that is something that makes cars unique in the world of artistic objects. And then some people don't like cars, so they gaze fondly at whatever else. But those of us listening to this podcast, it's cars.
2: All right. So, sounds of cars. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) This one is, why does my significant other giggle like a maniac when we drive through tunnels? (laughs) Does this get worse with more horsepower? Inquiring minds want to know.
0: Mm, Okay. All right.
2: And also then Gabriel says, significant others always want to know, why does the car need to be so loud?
0: (laughs) Well, I will say that loudness is personal because – I have definitely gotten to the place, I've talked about this before, that I have regretted every aftermarket exhaust I've ever had on a car. I don't need loud. But I like the noise of a car. I like the sound of a car quite a bit. If you have – back to the tunnel question. This is, a, this is a stupid, giddy thing that taps into the young child in every car enthusiast. Because you turn your head – I'll go back to when my son was really young and you, you all go through that stage of construction stuff is cool. And it's it's big, and it has sounds, and it beeps, and it grumbles, and it it growls. And that's interesting to a little kid. You typically move past that stage, and cars take that place. Not always, but often. The thing about tunnels is it's not horsepower-related. It's sound-related. Some cars sound better than others. V12s and stuff can sound great, but also V6s can sound great. Straight 6s can sound great. It just depends You can have a car with an interesting engine that doesn't have a very good exhaust. We've had that experience before. We're like, where is the exhaust on this car? You just don't hear it. But if a car sounds good, it has a nice voice. A tunnel amplifies it in the same way that singing in the shower suddenly is better. It's the same kind of thing, but for your car. So if you go through a tunnel, it's tapping into that, frankly, very childish part of car enthusiasts where we just want to roll down the window and be like, that sounds
1: cool.
2: All right. And then Thomas, Thomas, His wife says, uh, why must you tell me what engine is in every car that we pass by? (laughs) And I just have to say to you, I feel for you because I also get to know what kind of plane just flew overhead. That's true. Every time a plane flies over.
0: (laughs) I'm very guilty of that.
2: Yeah. Oh, that was a whatever. And I'm just like, (laughs) seriously?
0: I'm very guilty. You're right. Yeah. I've got nothing to say there.
2: And Kim... Uh, 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 Ken Miller, she would like to know what the deal is with the blurbly sound.
0: Oh, the the bur- the burble tune, the burble tune. Let me let me explain this. This oh, please, is something. No,
2: don't just explain. I would like to. The, kn- an bl- 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 bl-
0: That's what it does. You, you, you have One a downshift. It's, bl- 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 it's that. OK, it's the pops. It's the burbles. It's whatever <laughs> that happens either. It's typically on a downshift. And it's, it's a modern thing as we've gotten into cars that are so very controlled by computers. And when you have a sport button or a non-sport button, what's happened is what's called the burble tune. And what it means is that the car will burble. Blah, 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 blah. There you go again. It's making you (laughs) laugh, so that works. It it does that on downshifts, or it does it when you lift off the gas. It essentially, what it legitimately is doing, it is actually burning extra fuel for the heck of it to just create noise, which is why when you're off sport mode, the computer burns the fuel differently, and it doesn't do that. It's essentially waste for the purpose of noise. It is something, back to the the tunnel idea, it is something just to kind of hear fun. I, I personally am not a huge fan of Burble Tune. Actually, you, Paul, like it quite a bit more than I do.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: it depends on the car. It depends on how the car, car sounds good. It's, it's essentially the car just going, have you noticed me yet? It's kind of what it is. So, You're driving, then it goes, blah, blah, notice me, blah, blah, blah. So
2: Kim was kind of right because she says here, it sounds like something's wrong with the car.
0: It does sound like something's wrong with the car, yes. But it's that opportunity. It's almost like driving through a tunnel at every downshift. It's just an opportunity to just hear your car grumble. Every winter, we find ourselves tracking snow, salt, and grime into our cars. Thankfully, Covercraft has a variety of floor mats to keep you winter-proof.
1: Covercraft floor mats and cargo mats are custom-fitted to your exact car, and they include the original equipment security grommets, if applicable. They're the perfect and durable way to protect your car's carpet and add
0: style and comfort to your interior. Plus, you can choose from many color and material options to complement or contrast the interior colors of your car or truck. Covercraft is sure to have what you need. They offer plush carpet, berber carpet, even sheepskin, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Whatever mats
1: you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com.
2: Okay, Hot Rod Alex. He says, we hear about your favorite cars all the time, but what's your wife's dream car? Okay. Instead of answering this, I'm going to see how well Todd does it. But Alex, I took yours a little further. So, dream car to replace my current Porsche Cayenne, which is what, 10 It is. It's 10 years old now. 10. 2010, 10 years old. So
0: like real budget or money, no Mm. object budget?
2: Hang on, hang on. Uh, Money, no object.
0: The money, no object version would probably be, because we drove it recently, the Mercedes, the big one, the Mercedes GLS 63 S. But if you decided that was too big, then you'd go a step down to the E. This is... 600 horsepower worth of twin-turbo V8 Madness in a SUV body. Now, the, the S is the full seven-seater, almost suburban size. The E, you're shaking your head. The E is the step down from that that is actually the same size as your current Cayenne. The one we had was, I think, hundred and thirty grand. the GLE. $131,000, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's why it's the money-no-object thing because yeah. that would give you what you like about the Cayenne and
2: angry. Very good. Ding, ding, ding. You got that one. Okay. okay. So what would be my dream car to add to the current collection? So like yours is oh. the Lotus Elise. What would be mine that I would be able to feasibly add into our current collection without getting rid of the Cayenne? I want a Wrangler.
0: You want a two-door Wrangler, the Rubicon with the big wheels and a stick shift. How am got I doing? It. Yeah. You got it. You
2: yeah. got it. Okay. Dream garage. All three cars.
0: What, you're replacing all three now?
2: If if I had three cars, anything I want, no Minister of Finance, what do I get?
0: Oh, but hang on. I don't know on that one. <laughs> you're, you're doing a whole three-car garage. You would have a Wrangler. Mm-hmm. You would definitely have a Wrangler. You would probably still have that big SUV. What I wonder about is would you actually branch out and get a car to put in there? That's where I'm baffled. You're going to have to answer for me.
2: No, I think we'll come back to it. We'll let you – We'll let- part of your brain ponder on that one Hmm. Hmm. see okay this is a great question Uh, why do men spend so much time lovingly washing and detailing their cars when they usually don't care about anything else being clean like the car like the house or laundry or (laughs) dog
0: or the kids The kids are filthy, honey, but the car is clean. Let's find out. <laughs> You're welcome. Let's, let's just dive into this because <laughs> I would like to know the answer. Great. I get from the both answer both of this. you. I, I think there's, there's two things going on. I think that the car being clean is a source of pride for people that really like their car. The house being clean, the kids being clean, the things being organized typically doesn't bring about that same source of pride. Not saying that's right or wrong. I just think that's typically the case. Also, when you step out of your house into the garage, there, this is the reason the man cave concept exists, is because there was this feeling that men were somehow put upon. I don't think that was the case, but men were somehow put upon and they needed their own space. Because let's be honest I mean, I say this as a married man my house is wonderful. It is not my doing. <laughs> The reason that our house is a nice place to be is nothing to do with the fact that I live there. I get to live there, and it's a very nice place to be. But this is the... It's all... No, I'm saying... Because I have no taste and ability yes. to keep anything nice. This is my point. No, it's not that at all. It's the fact that I would live...
2: Yeah, very, wow. good. Does anybody really think that Todd would put up with that? Yeah. The,
0: this, this is the thing. Our son and I would both be fine. We would live fine. We would not live well without your influence. Okay. But the thing is, having a space that is just, this is how I want all of this stuff. This is where the man cave concept came from. And typically, that ends up being garages. And interestingly, our sponsor Griot's during the pandemic had an explosion in sales because people were excited to step out of their house into their garage. That allowed them to get somewhere else than in the house and do stuff to the car.
2: Are you telling me you like our garage right now? No, our garage because is terrible is right now. It is awful. It's
0: terrible right now and it desperately needs to be completely rethought. Yeah, it yeah. does. Except yes. for the fact and that bl- there's a climbing wall out there. I yes. blame you. My garage is awesome now. <laughs> your garage is awesome. Yes. yes but we know. but your garage, I would I would argue that your garage is the most organized place in your entire house. Oh yeah, my
1: office is a mess. Uh-huh. There's dirty dishes in the sink and yeah. nobody sees my bathroom. Well, and there's still pictures it's leaning
2: against the wall. They st- 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 haven't been hung for 6 you years. You had to tell people? Well,
0: Guy, but but that's, that this is what happens pri- when
2: you bring a girl on.
0: <laughs> that's She's low priority. Spill. But but that's the thing is that your cars are pristine. They look great. Your garage is perception. Awesome because that's something that you enjoy. And also, this is actually a place I was going. There's a therapy to car cleaning and makeup for a lot of people. That that making a car nice is therapeutic, in a in a Zen garden kind of way.
2: Right. So it's, that
0: laundry and those kind of things. Having a aren't.
2: clean home is definitely. Up there for
0: me. I understand. I
2: don't not the process of it, but I mm-hmm. enjoy having it.
1: I hate hanging pictures, okay?
2: <laughs> the stairs in the garage done?
1: They're de- almost de- done. De- they will be done.
2: Yeah. Sure. Silas Boyle, my girlfriend had never heard of the term nor understood the concept of a daily driver until she met me. So she wants to know the appeal of owning multiple cars for multiple purposes when you could just have one car to get around it.
0: The answer I usually do when we get into this is shoes.
2: I, that's exactly what I said.
0: Oh, is it? Okay. Why do you
2: have more than one pair of shoes? And how many pairs do I have?
0: Like Sure, sure, but but even I if you're not see. a person like you that has lots of great shoes. Or Paul. You typically don't have one pair of shoes in life that does everything because you need a pair that you're going to go work out in, you need a pair that you're just going to bang around in, you need a pair that you're going to go do something dirty with, and I need a pair that you're going to wear with something nice. A pair? I'm just, I'm just saying like bare minimums, okay? I understand. That's not, that's not your, your closet. I understand that. But I'm just saying these are the basics. If, even if you're a person that doesn't like shoes, you still have more than one pair for more than one purpose. I realize that cars are
1: far more expensive than shoes. You but, haven't seen
2: some of the shoes I've seen. <laughs> fair,
0: fair. We, 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 well, you and I took that one trip to Monaco. A few years back and we saw in the lobby of our hotel, these crazy shoes. And so we went, we went to see the place. We actually asked the concierge. We said, where is this store? And they literally, I'm not kidding. They looked me up and down and they said, well, you are staying here. So you might enjoy it. And I was like, what does that mean? And so we went and found this place. I don't remember that. Oh, I remember that. (laughs) The cheapest pair in the store was $2,000 the cheapest pair
2: as we were walking in there was a woman and her husband boyfriend significant other walking out and he was carrying two bags full
0: and she had two more they they went out with at least four bags but i'm saying the cheap like here are our flip-flops i'm not kidding you when i say that we're two grand there were things for tens of thousands of dollars in there
2: wasn't the pair we saw ten grand
0: Oh, at least. There were, there were multiple that were up, upwards of 10 grand. My point is generally, generally, unless you're in Monaco at that place, cars are far more expensive than shoes. But you still have a situation where I have – you mentioned earlier you were talking about commuting, how commuting isn't fun in a manual transmission. But if you're somebody that likes a manual transmission and you want a car that is fun to drive, then it starts to stand a reason that maybe you drive a Prius – Because it's an awesome commute car and you sit in traffic in Los Angeles. But when the weekend comes and it's a nice day outside and you want to go drive for fun, the Prius is not the tool for that job. So that's where that comes from.
2: Okay. So I, Pollock, his mom wants to know, why haven't any manufacturers created fuel-efficient large people movers? We have a big family, so is gas-guzzling vans our only option?
0: The issue here is that the biggest enemy of gas mileage is size and weight. You have a tiny car, motorcycles being the best example. Motorcycles have always gotten crazy good gas mileage because they weigh nothing, and the engines are tiny. You have an enormous 15-passenger van. It's like driving a brick around. It has no aerodynamics whatsoever, so that's going to burn more fuel, and you have a bigger engine, and you have a lot more weight. So until we get to a world where Rivian is probably the closest I can think of with their big suburban fighter sure i forget what they call it but they're suburban fighter until we get to all electric large people movers this is just this is why diesel is sometimes successful but even there it's just going to be more expensive to have a large box moving at freeway speeds with people in it because it weighs a ton well tons and tons is what it actually weighs
1: our friends at griot's garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever Start with the new ceramic wash and coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the
0: bucket wash method, which I like, or a foaming sprayer, which I also like,
1: or a cannon, which I also like.
0: We actually take Griot Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and it now has ceramic protection as well. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products or use them as your new wash
1: routine. They are 100% guaranteed and all their liquid products are made in the USA. Don't forget to use the code EDRIVER when you order at griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. More from you.
2: All right. So on car buying. Uh So some of these are pretty fun how do I get my significant other to actually buy a car and stop talking about what to get? I say threaten to buy it for him.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would make him go
2: and buy the car. Oh, that'll, that'll, yeah.
0: That is that is for the jugular right there. That that would get it done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't keep going. I'm just going to yeah, leave that alone for now. I don't think there's a better answer. I'm going to leave that alone for now.
2: So we had another one about uh, – So is there any way to make the car buying process less painful? The endless debate, discussion, test driving, comparison. Hmm. It just uh, makes me want to throw my hands up and check out. Although I don't want to be that person, but staying awake (laughs) and engaged (laughs) is just so long and boring. Okay. Do I go diva and car demanding just to make it end?
0: Well, a minute ago you were buying the car for them. So,
2: So here's what I say. Narrow it down to three. And then bring me into the discussion.
0: Oh, I see that. I see that. Instead of But being, don't
2: tell me about all 25 of them.
0: Sure, sure, you sure. You do
2: that. You do that with your car friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You whittle it down to three. And then let's talk.
0: That's excellent. That's excellent. We get a lot of people that write to us. Paralysis by analysis is their problem. We've had people send us spreadsheets of the way they have broken down 10, 15, 20 cars and they have a spreadsheet and, they, and it'll take them a couple of years to buy. I feel your pain, those of you that are asking this. You're right, it gets it gets eternal. If you don't have that much interest in cars, I love your answer, Kate, and that is to, to bring three when you're done. I think this is what this podcast is for. Send that to us. Send that to us. Let Let us help you navigate and get it down to two or three choices and then you can go to your significant other and say, all right, I'm down to this group. And also, I would say... If if your significant other, your minister of finance in your life, has said I'm fine with you going buying a fun car, I don't think that necessarily means that they want to be involved in every step. No, they've approved <laughs> they've <laughs> approved the fact that you're going to. So then I think that does free you up to go look around and find the whittled down answers. I like that.
2: Thank you, Alex. His girlfriend wants to know what essential routine maintenance items non-car people can do to their car to help keep them running for years to come.
0: Excellent. I like this. I too. First off, Alex and your girlfriend, the, the the thing to know here is that every car wears out. Okay? If you're if you have a car over 100,000 miles, over 10 years old, either of those factors, various things on that car are reaching a place where they are wearing out. I'm not going to try to get ahead of that problem. So I don't know what your car buying is. Do you buy new? What did you buy? Do you have a really old car? I'm not even going to try to get into that. When you get over 100,000 miles, start to look, especially in the manual, about the major service intervals because it starts to get a longer list of things that have just – they're rubber things that are just – they've worn out. You probably have to replace. This is more beyond what you're saying, but I want to put that out there. The basic stuff is fluids. Fluids and air and tires. You're going to put gas in it because you have to. But pay attention to what is the air in your tires. All cars have tire pressure monitor systems now. They're required to. T- pay attention to what the air is in your tires. Keep them at a normal range. Don't keep tires longer than about five years. If your tires are that old, replace them. Do regular oil changes. It doesn't have to be 3,000 miles. That's not really a thing. But the manual will tell you what the oil change interval is supposed to be. Sometimes the car tells you. So when it needs it, please do it. And then also there are intervals for the rest of the fluids in your car, which is typically your transmission fluid is the one that most people just dodge. Transmission fluid, brake brake fluid, coolant, these are the other major fluids that can go bad. They can leak. They have to be replaced at some point. It's going to be like 60,000 mile intervals. It's not going to be common. But if you're keeping the fluids new, most things will last longer.
2: All right. Evan's fiance would like to know the real reason behind the car disease, whether it's to have people (laughs) like your car... Or if it's just to enjoy the car itself.
0: I might have your help here, Paul, because I'm not a watch guy. But this is the reason that watches are also a thing that a lot of car people like. You can have a watch. And I say this is a guy that I'm not into watches, but I understand it in cars. You can have a watch that you simultaneously just you love the way it feels on your wrist. You like the way it looks. You like the way it works. You also would like other people to notice that you have that watch. Fair enough. Watches are more of a personal item, and they're really the only item that guys can
1: have. They're the really only piece of jewelry men can wear, to be honest. Universally recognized. I say Universally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But cars are a, a step further than sure, that. Sure, sure. And there's a sharing element that watches don't have. Sure. Watches yeah. are for you. They're for you to look at. If somebody notices, cool, but it only the sharing only gets fun when somebody else knows what it is and appreciates it. Mm-hmm. If it just looks like you spent how much on that, you idiot, that could have been clothes and food and gas and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But there's an element of sharing that is very, it's more easy to do that with cars than watches. I can see that. I can see that. Somebody just wants to take a ride in your cool sounding car. I don't even know what it is. I just want to take a ride. That looks fast and looks fun. Will you take me for a ride in that car? Sure. I can share that easier and beauty Then wow, that looks great. How much you pay for that? Well, let me tell you the story. Yeah. There, there's a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sharing well, element and there's a perception mm-hmm. and cars are that grand thing that is the projection of you. I consistently believe that it is. Mm-hmm. It is your personality. It's you, an extension of you out there.
0: And I also think of these are the two factors. Are you enjoying it for you, or you enjoying it? Because others are enjoying it. I think person to person, it's a sliding scale. If you go to a Cars and Coffee, any Cars and Coffee where a bunch of people park their cars and they're walking around their cars, there are definitely people there that just drove that car to be seen with that car, and they may not even enjoy it much. They just like that other people get to see it. And you'll have other people that show up in a car that they love. And if somebody else notices it, great. Don't really care. Mm-hmm. I just love driving this car, and all the car people are here. Exactly. It's fascinating. The other thing that happens at every Cars and Coffee that I find really universal and interesting is if you have a car That is a little bit older, but is an iconic car. You're in, you're bound to wind up in this conversation at a cars and coffee. I had one of those. And here comes the story. Yeah. It's, it's this instant historical connection of, I had one of those cars. Let me tell you about that car. And now you are kind of bringing that person into a time machine, but you also enjoy driving it to get there. But the greasers find their crowd. The muscle car crowd finds their people. You find your people at a car show. Sure. The yeah, sports yeah.
1: cars enthusiasts, the Porsche people, the Porsche mm-hmm. GT3 people find <laughs> each other. Yes. In, Park, the, find each in other. Park City,
0: we have the Porsche GT2 RS people. The, there is There's that four that of them that show up at our local. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: It is a thing. But everybody finds each other.
2: Okay. So Amoris uh, has a couple of great questions. The first one, what do I do when my husband won't stop telling me about cars? <laughs> Talk about something that bores him.
0: <laughs> oh, Okay. All right. Fair play. Mm-hmm. Fair play. Mm-hmm.
2: I find gross anatomy to be very helpful. Yeah,
0: I can't do that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Boils. Oh, stop.
1: <laughs> My sister does that to me. <laughs> Yay.
2: I channel her sometimes. I know. Uh, and then what is the difference between driving like an enthusiast and driving like a jerk? They seem the same.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Yikes. Um. <gasps> Okay, you know what? But here's the thing. You can drive quickly and safely. Yes. They are not mutually exclusive. Right. I have been on the freeway. We've all seen the freeway crash videos where somebody is weaving through traffic. Typically, it's guys that are racing, weaving through traffic, barely missing people. And sometimes, eventually, the reason it's on YouTube is because they eventually hit something or someone. That's irresponsible. I don't care how much you love your car. That's irresponsible. Driving quickly and safely is possible. You've got to give people enough space. Signaling is your friend, by the way. Use your blinker. That's what they're there for. Right. All of this stuff is absolutely possible. I find that I have an average speed that's a little bit faster than most people. I'm not typically the fastest thing on the road, but I'm just a little bit faster than most people. I just I also find that comfortable because I feel like I'm taking in the world versus the world happening to me when I drive like that. Mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable doing that. That means I get the occasional speeding ticket. When I get pulled over, I'm never pulled over because I was being reckless Fast, not <laughs> reckless. So if you are a person that is uncomfortable with speed, my father has always been uncomfortable with speed. Now he has a 400-horsepower Corvette. That's going to work out great. He's always been uncomfortable Good with speed. Thing. Anytime I've driven over 50 mile, 55 miles an hour, my dad gets nervous. It's like, Dad, the speed limit's 80. Yes, but Yes, but we shouldn't be going that fast. So if you're not comfortable with speed, somebody that is driving fast, even if they're driving safe, is going to freak you out. I get it.
2: Well, but sometimes it's just a control thing. True. I mean, I don't necessarily like being the passenger in the car when you, you you're driving fast. You don't. But if yes. I'm driving and I'm driving that fast, mm-hmm. I feel much more comfortable because I'm in control.
0: That's excellent. That's a you good know, point, so. too. I yeah. do
1: know people who don't like to fly because they're not flying the plane. It's a control thing. Are they
2: pilots? or are they just <laughs> No, they're not pilots. <laughs> they're just people. Wow. They didn't
1: get to fly, and so they're not going to fly because they don't get to be in
0: control. <laughs> okay. that, that's a giant step that, past where we big, are. But, that's,
2: yeah. that's a bit... I also think that enthusiasts aren't trying to be jerks.
0: I think that's true. But, but I'll go another place. There, I know there have been times when I, as a person that is comfortable driving fast, have passed somebody I can clearly tell is nervous driving, and they probably think I'm a jerk. I, I, mm-hmm. I understand. That. I can't argue their point. I just know what I did was safe. I also know that they probably were freaked out by it.
2: Right. Except for that one time you cut me off knowing it was me and you did it just to be a jerk.
0: That happened recently. Yeah. That was on that a was test drive. That was so awesome. We were coming I back. I a long time We were coming back from a test drive. We were driving a Subaru Crosstrek, which is not a car that my wife is used to seeing me in. And we headed into a, an intersection that had a merge. <laughs> and it has a yield for me.
2: Uh-huh. And, and so you do? I saw
0: her coming through the intersection, and I said to Paul while driving, I said, <laughs> That's my wife. And I promptly did not yield, and I dropped into traffic right in front of her. And at I, which started point, I started waving over my shoulder.
2: And,
0: and I, said, I, guarantee you you, there. I said, you I probably. guarantee you that she's angry at me right now, and she hasn't figured out yet that it's me. And we got to the house uh-huh. a couple miles later and she was like, I was so mad at this car. And then I realized it was you. And I think I might've gotten madder.
1: I
2: did. I did. <laughs> a long you time. did it on purpose. she should
0: see the look Kate's giving me right now. Jerk.
2: <clears throat> All right. So wheelie Potts wants to know, uh, how much of his wife's knowledge of cars is organically connected with automotive interest versus her love <clears throat> towards you and being supportive. For example, Uh, My wife just started watching football with me because she loves me. Now she watches football even when I'm not at home.
0: So he's kind of asking, like, well, let's have you answer this. I mean, how how much of your interest in cars is an actual interest in cars and how much of it is because you're, you know, connected to me and I won't go away. Because I'm
2: drowning in it between the two of you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I typically ask car questions that I care about. So, um... If it's something about a car that I want to know more about, maybe tell me the history of the Porsche nine eleven. We if had that conversation. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did. We had that as a very lengthy conversation.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> we were in the middle of shooting Fifty Years of nine eleven, and, and Paul and I were throwing around Porsche terms, and you said, right. "All right, start me at the beginning. Explain to me S oh, GTS. You did ask. Turbo. I did. Yes,
2: I did. I asked. I'm sorry, but I got I got the information. But if you're asking questions about a car, that you care about, you're more likely to retain that information and ask follow-up questions. Sure, okay. Right? So, you know, if you've suddenly lost interest in cars, I don't think I'd go find somebody else to answer my car questions. I think I'd just <laughs> You'd be, okay. be happy, you know, living in my bubble not knowing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is something that we do talk about from time to time.
0: And I'm sorry, now our son's obsessed as well, so he, he talks is. about it too.
2: Yes. And he now knows more than me.
0: He'll never hear this either. Nope, never going to (laughs) happen.
2: He's just mad I'm here and he's not. That's true. Sonny wants to know what the point of a convertible is and why you would want to make the interior even louder.
0: (laughs) I've taken a long journey to come around to a place where I get convertibles. Some people just have always loved them. It's taken me a long time and it's taken me honestly all the way to owning the Lotus and now owning the Z4. Convertibles are difficult, Because you have to have the right conditions. But when you do have the absolute right conditions, and that is, honestly, it's a spectacular day outside. There's interesting stuff to look at. Watch our Million Dollar Highway piece from Season 8. There's spectacular stuff to look at, and the temperature is perfect. The great thing about a convertible is you can just be you in the cabin, and you feel enveloped in the surroundings, it's awesome. It's it's similar. It's not the same. It's similar to what happens when people ride a motorcycle or even a bicycle. You're able to, and this sounds weird, but you're able to hear things better. You can smell the fragrances of the area around you. Hopefully it's a nice area. You're enveloped by the world in a way that being closed up in a car isn't possible. The flip side is it's windy. It's quite windy. It might be too windy for your tolerance. And if you put the top up, yes, the car is now louder. It's interesting to me that England, British drivers typically buy quite a few convertibles for Britain, for a place that mostly rains, for the few days a year that they can drop the top in perfect weather. If you're in Miami, if you're in Phoenix, granted it gets crazy hot there. If you're in Southern California, it's a great Mm -hmm. place. San Diego, have a convertible. It's going to be awesome all of the time. Montana, less so. (laughs) Okay, let's be honest, you know, downtown Chicago, probably not the best place for your convertible. You know, it just depends on where you are. But when you have those opportunities to enjoy it, the flip side is that if you are driving, let's say, 360 days out of the year with the top up, you're sacrificing noise, safety. Honestly, most cases, visibility, too, with the top up.
2: All right. I'm going to not mention this person's name for fear that his wife may Uh Uh-oh. React. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So is it offensive to not let your significant other drive your nice, fun car if you know she's a terrible driver and has a history of scratching and dinging her cars? I feel bad telling her I don't trust her to drive my car.
0: Yikes. I don't think we can solve this.
2: Well, I yeah. What would you say? I sat with this for a minute. I thought maybe she would treat your car better than she treats her car. You know, sometimes when somebody lends you something, you're nicer to their stuff than you are your own sure, stuff, Sure, sure. maybe. Um, and then I thought, well, which is worse, having dings in your car and hurting your wife's feelings or sleeping in your car?
1: Because mm. <laughs> that
2: might be where you end up if you tell her you can't. she can't drive your car.
1: That,
0: it could be worse.
2: So you might need to deal with a couple dings so that you don't have to sleep in it. Okay. Wow. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. This is
0: a very personal discussion for sure. It, it really is. is. I, it is. I, I actually also asked the question, does she want to drive your car? Because sometimes, oh. we've heard situations like this before, sometimes the significant other actually doesn't even want to drive the car because they know that you are precious about it.
2: He does say he feels bad telling her he doesn't trust her to drive his car. So I think she's asked.
0: Hmm. So is there a Is there a trial run that can happen here? Can we go somewhere where... The significant other can drive it that is lower risk mm-hmm. and, 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 mm-hmm. and be candid enough to say, it makes me nervous to have you drive my car, but I want to get to a place where I'm okay with it. Oh, I like that. But I, I also, I need you to be respectful of it so that mm-hmm. we can not hate each other. I mean, this is the reason you don't teach your spouse how to drive sure. manual transmission or oh. ski or these kind of things. It's because you, you want to go home happy. All right, <laughs> mm-hmm. so maybe maybe there's a there's a meeting of the minds here where there's an acknowledgement of the fact that this makes me nervous, but I would like to do this. So where can we go and ease our way in versus just all right, well have fun, you know.
2: All right, so Stephanie would like to know if you could only drive one car for the rest of your life, why would it be a Miata?
0: Okay, well hang on, Stephanie. I don't understand if this is if you're you're asking this one of two ways. I don't know if you're asking this because you hate Miatas and Miatas come up a lot. Or if you're asking this because you want a Miata. Honestly, that question could go either way. Mm -hmm. Do you like Miata, Stephanie? I mean, the reason here's the the acronym that's used on the internet all the time. Miata is always the answer. That spells Miata, by the way. That is used all the time because they run. They are fantastic dynamically. They can be driven slowly. They can be driven on racetracks. Miatas are awesome. I kind of sense that you might want one and that's fine. There are lots of great cars out there. If you like Miatas, or even Stephanie, if you don't like Miatas, go drive a few and then figure out if it actually works for your life, because the thing is they are tiny. There is very little storage space. They have, even among convertibles, one of the worst trunks out there. So if you want to make it your only car, that could be hard, but from a day-to-day enjoyment standpoint, they're awesome. They're
2: great. All right. Well, we're we're pretty much at the end of our questions, but I think we have to come back to the dream car. Garage. I I'm baffled
0: on your third car.
2: Kate's dream car. What would it be? What would it be? We've got the Jeep Wrangler. Uh-huh. And, and we've the, got the, the, the Mercedes
0: GLE right? 63S Monster.
2: I don't even know all of those. Okay.
0: That well, I'm doing pretty well so I know, far. I know, it's but just, I just
2: don't even know all those letters. It's a Mercedes.
0: It's fine. Yes, but you like that Mercedes. It it's the five. One. It, it goes, goes really fast, quite quick. Yes, and it
2: has those lights inside it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, like it has it. the it's new pretty. Mercedes inbox system. It's pretty cool. It, the it massages
2: it, you. The,
0: the seats are nuts. The seats. Oh. That's it's a it's a great. But it's one hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars. It better be good. Yeah, yeah for sure. All
2: uh, right. So, what would the third one be? I,
0: I'm baffled. You're going to have to inform me. I didn't know there was this was even coming up.
2: I know. I'm trying to trick you,
0: Paul. Don't look at me.
2: Come on.
1: Would you, Guess would, you something. would you get a Lotus Evora? Would you go that route?
2: Maybe. Okay. Is that Maybe. it? No, I don't know. I'm simply you don't know when you're asking, asking us. <laughs> oh, awesome,
1: gosh!
0: See, no,
2: Navara. I also thought maybe Panamera.
1: I like Panamera. Yeah, mm-hmm. Panameras
0: are great. It's just it's it's kind of yeah. It's, it's I, a I'm, of mind, car. I'm of the mind. I'm of the mind that you should get something really little and sporty, but right? that's not typically the kind of way you right.
2: go. But if I have the other two, maybe no, that's hopefully. A, yeah,
0: right. I was going to suggest
1: a classic 911 because that's what you grew up driving. There you go. Like nobody else on the want planet did. Old. <laughs> I want something newer <laughs>
0: okay I do not love it maybe okay. okay maybe okay do you, do you
1: want
2: me to take or the, the next Evora hour what, what else I don't know
0: the Avora, a Cayman you would probably really enjoy if you're going for yeah, smaller sports yeah. cars Cayman would be great I mm-hmm. think you'd really like that mm-hmm. I think you'd like a Miata frankly
2: you always think that I think you're wrong okay All
0: right. how about that's a Boxster fine. that's fine yeah maybe convertible maybe. Boxster over Cayman I could see that yeah, working yeah, yeah. I could see that working yeah
2: I don't know I don't know. I so, I, I so it was a, so it was a trick question. Honestly, thanks, well, so much. <laughs>
0: thanks so much. Well, we're going to have There's, there's a, a little window onto our marriage. No, honestly, uh, babe, thank you so much for being with us. I uh, really do appreciate it. Me. I appreciate you fielding these questions for all of you that have listened. If you have listened to this podcast and it's the first time you've ever listened to one of our episodes, thanks for being with us and tolerating whoever it is in your life that is obsessed with cars that listens to us for nearly 600 episodes now talk about cars
1: indeed be sure you pass along your thanks to your significant others Mm -hmm. who were game to ask questions i just enjoyed listening and watching the two of you this was great (laughs) we're always looking forward to next time thanks everyone (laughs) cheers